Osiris. to remember a time when I had to carry my swaggy stems and seeds in a Ziploc bag and they would spill everywhere and make a mess and just be awful. But I don't have to do that anymore. That's right, because we are sponsored by a company named Kush Supply Co. or Kush Co. They're the wonderful Osiris sponsor and partner who also happens to be the largest producer of packaging products for the cannabis industry. As medical and recreational cannabis continue to be legalized, one leader has emerged as the go-to company to produce state-compliant packaging for cannabis, and that is Kushko. What does that mean? States have varying laws about how marijuana can be packaged. They need to be child-proof, comply with labeling requirements, and so on. Kush knows all the regulations for every state. The packaging doesn't have to be ugly. Kushka works with producers to create their own branding on amazingly innovative boxes, tubes, bottles, and other packages, so they look amazing and function extremely well. Kushko also produces vaping hardware and supplies. If you've been in a cannabis dispensary lately, you've definitely seen Kushko products. Kushko has offices in 10 states, plus Canada and China. Please go to kushsupplyco.com slash podcast to learn more about what they're up to. The sooner you sign out with Kushco, the sooner you can stop using that worthless dugout for your one-hitter. It's time to step it up and get into the 21st century with some products from Kushco. And with that, let's go beyond the pond. Folks, I'm David Goldstein. I am Brian Brinkman. You are tuned in to episode 57 of the Beyond the Pond podcast. This is the podcast in which, generally speaking, Brian and myself utilize the music of Fish as a springboard to get the listener to listen to other bands. These are usually non jam bands. We don't necessarily mean side projects of Fish, although you can listen to those too if you want. These are entirely different bands. Because we love fish, we are fish fans. Sometimes the problem with fish fans is they get a bit myopic. They can memorize shows, set lists, 
dates, song histories, everything under the sun about their favorite band, and just awe people with their knowledge. And then you ask them about a band other than Fish, and they kind of look at you blankly, and they say, there's bands other than Fish? (laughs) And there are. And we're trying to do something about it. That we are. We are here on a mission, and we are here to help you. This is a... This is a goodwill mission, guys. Uh, and we have a very, very exciting episode here for you guys today. Um, over the last six to 12 months, Dave and I have become nearly obsessed with the Beyond Beyond is Beyond label. Uh, bands like Garcia Peoples, Kiki Pow, Our Solar System, The Mirrors, Heaters, Prana Crafter, Leclerc. I mean, there's a number of bands on this label that we have both really, really been diving deep into. And um, if you listen to one of our Brethren uh, podcasts, uh, Alternate Roots, hosted by Jesse Jarno, he features a number of these artists uh, in live recordings and mentions this label quite a bit uh, in his podcast. We get to sit down here in this episode with the founders of Beyond Beyond is Beyond Records for a really lively chat about some of our favorite bands on their label um, for their own immersion into the world of fish and kind of some of the recent shows that they've seen. Um, We talked with Mike and Dom about kind of all these things in a really sprawling, really cool conversation that uh, we know you guys are going to really enjoy. And um, we think that you guys are going to walk away with at the very least five new bands um, that you may be slightly familiar with, maybe totally unfamiliar with, to really sink your teeth into here going forward. Yeah, one thing um, that certainly Mike and Dom made clear is that they're into looking signing bands that really take them on journeys. They're not looking for hit singles. They're looking for bands that can write songs and put out full albums and really take you from point A to point B. Some of these albums are excellent Zonart albums. Some of them sound like the missing link between indie rock and the Grateful Dead. But it's a very high level of quality throughout. I know um, I spend an inordinate amount of time on their Bandcamp page on my phone, just going through each of their different artists and seeing what they have in store. And they uh, were fantastic to talk to. And they're also both really huge fish heads. I know um, that's kind of how they... Mike, before he got into the label, certainly had a big fish history, and um, certainly Dom does as well. And I really think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation and enjoy about learning what this label has to offer. Yeah, this was cool for us. And um, if you guys will be linking to the Bandcamp page uh, for Beyond Beyond is Beyond, um, once this episode goes live, I think it'd be really you know cool for you guys to check out some of these bands. Go ahead and support them. If you're in the New York area, there's a lot of them playing live on a regular basis. Uh, Keep an eye out for some of these as they tour across the country because I'm guessing many of you like us, super into uh, live music that takes you on a journey that really blows your mind in a really unique way. And um, we think that these are some of the best bands in the country right now going ahead and doing that. So on that note, let's get to our conversation with Mike and Dom from Beyond, Beyond is Beyond.
So tell me, you guys are both pretty big fish fans, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We like the deep Vermont. I mean, I'm not that big. I'm just like a little bit over 200 pounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> got it. Got to like that. Five pounds, six pounds. Um, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us uh, a little bit about kind of your journey with the band as like fans and listeners and um, kind of some of the noteworthy shows that you guys have seen over the years. Um, I guess my... My whole fish uh, journey started pretty much when I moved to New York in 2008. And I met the first people I met were were huge as <laughs> a fish. And then I started going to shows when I got back together. And I was like, this is good. It was more <laughs> like the community thing. And then I just became, I started listening to everything. I mean, I'm from South Florida, so we got not many chances uh, growing up to experience the band. And then my, yeah, and my friends came back from Big Cypress when we were in high school. And then I started listening <laughs> to what happened there. And then it was a, a long time, like after college and law school and everything, and then coming up to New York, and then it all happened. Um, and I've just been going pretty frequently for the last eight or nine years. What was the the show or the jam where it all happened? <sighs> Let's see. I don't know if I can pinpoint it. I really, I don't know. I mean, it. I mean, the most, the best weekend I ever had in my life, and this is like years in, but was just Mexico one, and I was like jamming, okay, okay. jamming in the ocean <laughs> in my bathing suit. And listening to my favorite band, and uh, <laughs> really flying, really flying, and uh, I just remember thinking, of them, I'm like, this is actually the best, the best time of my life, and <laughs> with all your friends, and it was uh, that was an incredible weekend. But there's been so many moments, you know, and that's what's totally, so great about totally. them. Yeah, I've heard that from, heard that that experience from many people who are in Mexico that it was just super special to be on the beach in the ocean while they're playing water related songs yes. like <laughs> all those kind of all those kind of things kind of marrying together how about you mike what was uh what's kind of your journey with the band oh man it goes pretty far back my first show was in um in cincinnati in 94 and uh music hall and there was the the fire, fire alarm, alarm went show. off yep that whole thing um, and I was instantly, I was instantly, I mean, after that show, it was, it was all over. It was, it was the most interesting, coolest show I've ever seen or heard and couldn't believe it. I mean, it was, you know, there were parts where, I mean, the fire alarm adds to the, the whole mystique, especially back then there was mystique because <laughs> there was, there was barely any internet or anything, you know? Um, so it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. And then to come back and do Hendrix's fire and like have no idea that was coming. And, um, you know, they did big black furry creature from Mars and they're like Mike and Trey are chasing each other around the stage. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? This is amazing. <laughs> um, and I think the first record that hooked me was rift. I think I'd heard a little bit of, um, picture of nectar, from a friend and wasn't totally hooked. And then I got riffed and it was, 
definitely probably still my favorite studio album of theirs um it's funny for me i'll just chime in i was sort of the opposite in the sense that i heard rift i didn't quite get it and then i went backwards to nectar and then by the time Catherine was over i said this is the greatest band in the history of bands right yeah everyone has a different different uh take especially on the studio records i mean right i come from a you know i'm a big prog guy and i you know yes was my favorite band since i'm like 11 years old so um so is trey yeah exactly and i think rift has a lot of proggy elements to it that totally um spoke to me at that time yeah it's funny i i was first introduced to them in I think it was 2000. Uh, I was in freshman year math class and a friend of mine was wearing a big Cypress shirt and I just liked the logo. And he then proceeded like most fish fans do to speak for 25 minutes about how they just played an all night show over the millennium (laughs) and uh, told me to go and get riffed. And that was like the first kind of that. And then like bittersweet motel. And it was really um, Dom. We were kind of talking about this uh, before we logged on and started recording just like the difference between studio and live, it was when I started getting live tapes that I was like, okay, this band completely does things for me that no other band ever has. Um, but that's really cool. And so have you seen them consistently throughout the years, Mike, as well? Yeah, I would have phases where I'd put them on a shelf for a couple years and, you know, kind of wear it out a little bit. And then um, oddly enough, a couple of those years were like 97, 98 <laughs> got it <laughs> which were really good years sure. in retrospect yeah um absolutely but at that time i was like kind of moving around a little bit um but i was back in got to go to big cypress and you know was kind of fully back in by then um so yeah it's been and then you know living in new york i've been in new york for 18 years and uh it's pretty easy to catch fish in new york especially the last you know, decade is crazy. Um, before we jump into talking about the label and, and all of that, um, obviously you guys have probably seen a lot of fish shows being in New York city. Do you guys have any favorites over the Baker's dozen or over, did you guys catch any of the recent new year's runs? Jam night, jam night, <laughs> jam filled. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was there. That was absolutely. Yeah. I, you, I yeah. went to three Baker's dozen shows and you know, to me, to me, I picked the three that were the best for for me. You know, I just got lucky. I was like, the tickets I got were for these shows. It was um, Jam Filled, uh, Holes, and um, uh, Maple. Maple? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very, very cool shows. Yeah, it was a... Maple, Maple was like a sneaky grower for me in the months after the baker's dozen i was not i think it was one of the one of like two shows during the run where i kind of was sour on it and then i went listen back to that second set and i cannot get what trey was doing in the golden age out of my head it was some of the best playing i heard yeah. from him all summer yeah that was really cool that was really cool to be at for sure
um, kind of transition a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the origins of the Beyond Beyond is Beyond label and kind of where this all came from when you guys got started and what kind of the first few years have been like for you guys. Um, I had a, uh, a radio show on East Village Radio um, by the same name, Beyond Beyond is Beyond. Um, and, you know, I was playing a lot of psychedelic rock and just stuff that I was into. Um, and that was from like 2009 to 14, I think. And during that time I was having a lot of bands come in and, um, you know, newer bands that I was getting into. Um, and I don't know, I think, I think a lot of it was just, uh, at that time, I was talking to a lot of bands. A lot of people were, were looking for labels and I couldn't believe that there were, you know, bands this good were having trouble finding labels to put out their records. Um, so it, you know, it kind of snowballed. And then, and then I met Dom. We used to do these, um, vinyl listening nights called the record club. Interesting. Um, where you basically, yeah, you sit down and listen to two, two full records, you know, you get together with people, you party for 45 minutes. And then when you put the first record on, everyone is silent. Nobody knows what the record's going to be except for, you know, maybe me and whoever else brought the record. Um, and everyone goes silent for that 40 minutes. Um, and you know, that was, that was the one rule is just like, nobody speaks while the record's playing. Um, and or else, you know, because if you do or if you're on your phone, you're just not going to get the same experience out of it, you know. So we would do that. Listen to one. Awesome. Everybody be quiet. Then we'd um, party a little more for a half hour and then listen to a second record. Um, so we started doing that. And, and you know, Dom was coming to those all the time. And, um, yeah, we just we just struck up a friendship and. um when when it came time to put the label together, um, it just made sense. She was looking to do something similar, and um, off we went. That's pretty much, yeah, how it goes. <laughs> Would you say, like stylistically, what are your larger goals? Like in listening to a, a bunch of these bands, I mean, I guess most of them could be classified as like out there psychedelic rock. There's definitely some more that I liked than others. But, um, you know, I mean, is it trying to like reflect what you do with the radio show exactly? Or I think we, we want something, you know, that's going to take us on a journey and that's going to, I don't know, just expand. And a lot of music and today is just like, there's three minutes <laughs> and that's it. And, um, I'm not really looking for for bands that aren't going to like do something exploratory or something out just different and beautiful and interesting. And, um, that's what I look for. It's like, take me away, like take me somewhere. And how have you gone about finding artists just like referral or word of mouth? Yeah, I would say that I, uh, there are any number of ways, but yeah, lately it's been a lot of, word of mouth or friends of uh, other people we've worked with, um, you know, kind of just being plugged into um, some of the artists in New York and, uh, and even, you know, 
further beyond New York. I mean, we have artists from all over the globe, which is pretty cool. Um, and a much easier thing to do in the internet world than it would have been, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. Totally. One thing that strikes me about you guys, the bands that are on your label, and obviously there's a huge um, diversification of the sounds, but there is something like connected, you know, thematically. And um, I think this is a good point to just promote you guys' Bandcamp page that we are going to um, link to in the episode and in the show notes here, because there's just there's a ton of music in there that we know that our listeners will really um, be into. But I think Dave and I, you know, one thing that's really important to us, we both share your guys' love for exploratory music and this idea that a song is going to take you on a journey. It's not just going to give you three minutes and then, all right, that's it. Hope you enjoyed that. And it'll sound the same thing, you know, but I think one thing that's really important to the two of us and one thing that we both, part of the reason we started this podcast was we both really like songs and we find it that much more rewarding when a song turns into an exploration rather than a song just being there as like a kind of standing point because you kind of have to start from something and then you jam. And it seems like a lot of your bands, I mean, especially Garcia Peoples, who I think we're going to talk about here in a second, um, they really write songs, like they're true yeah. songs, and then they jam off that. Is there a conscious effort from the label to say, and I, you know, immediately I think of Heaters, I think of Kiki Pow, I think of The Mirrors as like bands that really kind of stretch what it means to write a specific song, but they are songs at heart. Um, is that something that's conscious for you guys when you're looking for new bands or when you're focused on that, or does that have anything to do with it? Yeah, I think I think it's not something that's necessarily stated, but when that comes across um, in something that a band sends us, you know, that's one of those things. Like, um, I guess there's bands that there are bands that are really good live, and then you hear studio material and it doesn't hold up very well or it's or it's very different from the live thing um or vice versa yeah but um yeah i mean with somebody like garcia peoples for me it's it's just like kind of everything i like you know it's it's like really good songs that i can't even believe these guys wrote <laughs> you know, because they're they're like <laughs> they're the humblest, coolest guys in the world, and like, and you know, I hear lyrics to their songs. I'm like, wow, this is like really good songwriting. Um, right. And then live, they can play those songs just like that, or they can take them way out, and usually they'll do some combination of that. You know, I mean, that was one of the things that certainly um, had drawn me to Garcia Peoples in the first place because. I mean, I got before I got into the huge fist jams, I had to get into the studio albums with their excellent songs and excellent hooks without going out of my way to name names. A lot of the younger bands that get qualified, classified as jam bands that we don't really talk about on Beyond the Pond. My issue with them is that while they're all these great Berkeley school musicians that can play the pants off of anything. There's no songs. There's there's no hooks. Right. And to me, I don't see the point. People say, dude, if I want to listen to like songs and I can listen to non-jam bands, but I'm like, no, you can have it both ways. It's like the best yeah. jam band in the world is the Grateful Dead, and that's 
they've had the most incredible songs, which is part of the reason why they're as legendary as they are. It's like Hunter Garcia, Weir Barlow. Yep. Well, I was thinking about it. I, I was listening before we went to record your um, uh, NYC Taper site just posted the um, Garcia People show from Union Pool right before Christmas. Well, 22. Yes. Oh, my God. It's amazing that there's there's not a ton of experimentation on there. It's really like their songs just come through in a, such a great way. And um, we, I, I know that it's something that I don't know if Dave has listened to it yet. I think it was posted this morning, but um, it was very cool to hear like a stark contrast to some of their some of the other shows that have been played in like the early fall of 2018 that are on that site that have bigger bigger jams. Like I it, I was that much more. Or I was I was just as entranced in what they were doing throughout that show as I was in like song or in shows that have like a fifteen minute jam. question that i think we both have just with regards to you know uh, an indie label thriving in brooklyn in the late 2010s is and i and i think we'd love to hear just like from you guys what do you feel is the best way this is something we try to po- push for our fam or for our listeners like what is the best way for artists to earn money uh nowadays how best can listeners and people who really care about music and especially live music really support uh, young up and coming bands and, you know, conversely, um, smaller labels. Well, don't just, don't just uh, live on Spotify. I mean, it comes through, but if you like a physical product, you know, maybe if you listen to something 10 times buy a download, it's like it costs pretty much as right. the same thing as one drink at the show. And, uh, I also think, going to the shows, buying merch at the table, get some like direct money and uh, yeah, spreading the good word, but it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard if like people are just, you know, they're not going to buy direct. I think Bandcamp's a good way to do it. I think Bandcamp in most cases is, is a good way to go if somebody's got their stuff on there. I mean, for our label, it's, it's good. Um, you know, it's the best, that we do. It's the most direct business that we do with, with customers um, where we and the band make, make the most money, you know? Um, But I think anybody getting, buying some kind of physical product um, is, is doing good. You know, it's, I use Spotify, I use it plenty, but I also for bands that I'm like really into, um, if I'm just checking something out, 
I can use Spotify. But once I'm hooked by something, I'm going to look for, you know, a record or a CD. I'm I'm also a CD guy. Um, I'm also a tape guy if a tape's available. Um, going to shows, you know, all that stuff, you know. Yeah, I think on our end, what we try to do is sort of, I guess, encourage responsible Spotify use. Let's yeah. say that it's a really it remains a really good way to seek out different artists. You have all these things just at like your fingertips, but you know, if you see, I mean, I think Spotify has been a force for good in the sense that it has allowed me to like a lot more artists and gets me to go out to more shows and buy like more vinyls or just put anything. Like if you like somebody a lot, just put it on their album on Spotify on repeat for, you know, like a week straight. (laughs) (laughs) just watch the streaming pennies rolling (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's got to be the challenge um is music i mean it's talked about a lot nowadays and we we definitely think about it in terms of you know what we do here in our podcast i mean um music is so much easier to discover and uh, to consume now than it ever has been. Um, The lack of effort that you have to make to just find a new band that blows your mind, even for just like an hour. um, And then you kind of move on to another one. Like it's so much easier and it's such a great time to be alive as a music fan. But I've got to imagine in your guys position as in position of some of the artists, like you need that extra effort. You need those people who are still going to, you know, um, put in the physical, uh, determination yep. to go to shows and, and, and put their money, you know, towards the music that they love. So that's certainly something that we, uh, we understand and we want to, uh, we want to push for, for, for a lot of these bands. Um, let's dive in and let's talk a little bit about, um, some of the bands that we had exchanged emails about. Um, let's kind of start with Garcia peoples who they're coming out with the record natural facts in March, I believe. Yep. Tell us a little bit about how you guys came upon these this band and um, kind of where they're at right now from your guys' perspective. I mean, it seems like they're it seems like 2019 is poised to be a really big year for them. Yeah, um, I'll tell you a little bit about um, how we found them, and then I'll let Dom tell you about some some future stuffs. Um, I had uh, initially had just seen the band's name on some really good bills in December of what year is that? 2017, I guess at this point, um, which really isn't that long ago. <laughs> um, but um, at the time I saw it and they were on this, uh, they were on like three bills with really good bands of these shows that I was like, Oh, I wish I could go to that. I wish I could go to that. It, but I have, right, <laughs> I have right. to be a dad all these days. So I was like, um, uh, you know, there was one that was like a Steve Gunn show and one was, um, I, I forget the other ones, but they were good bills. And I was like, all right, what's up with this band Garcia peoples? I keep seeing their name pop up. Um, and I found something They're playing with Steve Gunn. That's a pretty safe bet. They're pretty fucking good. Right, right. Exactly. And, um, Yeah, I looked them up and saw that they had an EP from like five years ago, um, you know, which is kind of a sign of like inactivity. Um, So I was like, huh, I wonder what's what's up with that. And I reached out to 
Um, I believe the contact they had was Danny, um, one of the guitarists. And he got back to me and said, oh, yeah, we just recorded two records. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they had just finished that week. And as it turned out, um, one of the engineers that they recorded with, um, Jason Marr from Black Dirt, was apparently going to reach out to us about them that same week. Um, So it was kind of meant to be, I think. I'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, we, we kind of, you know, I sent the music to Dom too, and we just started putting our ears on it. And then we're just like, the hell's going on here? This is like the best thing I've ever heard, you know? Yeah. And I think just so happened they were having a show like two weeks later or something. And Mike and I went, and we just looked at each other and we were like, yep. This is the band. This is it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, took off from there. And they've been just really inspirational. I mean, to me, and actually, like, I don't want to miss a show. Yeah. I haven't felt that way, you know, besides, yeah, other bigger bands and, right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that I just, <laughs> I know it's going to be different every time. And, and it's just always, always inspiring and exciting and so yeah we're really excited and we've got natural facts and then they just told us you know six months ago or whatever they're like oh yeah also we have a another album recorded but it's a 33 minute jam (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) when you hear this it's called one step behind and when you hear this you're gonna go holy shit oh that's awesome Uh, yeah, and like, uh, so they're putting out records faster than Husker do in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, uh, we'll do that also this year. <laughs> bring, bring, bring them on. on. Um, to be honest, when I first, I think I first heard about Garcia Peoples about nine months ago. When I heard the name, I just wrongly assumed they were a dead cover band because you know right. that's. But then doing some research, I said, oh, okay, like PG, uh, like PG6 plays the bands. So that'll definitely get them in with WFMU fanboys. And then um, oh, then I was telling Dom earlier, I liked Cosmic Cash a lot. It was a little more of like a mid-90s, early 90s, ominous C-Pods kind of vibe. And then when you... Um, I heard Natural Facts after the third song. I just said, "Holy shit, this is this is next level. This is everything I like about a like uh, a band like Woods or like a band on like the Woods's label, except they can jam really hard." So I'm yeah, I'm very excited to see how that gets played out throughout the year. Yeah, I definitely love that about these two records is that it, it, they're very different records, but they're also very much the same band. You know, it's not like I don't think it's going to, there's definitely a lot of growth in the two records. I think, um, you know, especially knowing that they recorded them, you know, fairly close together. (laughs) Right. They can, yeah, you can like, you can hear that, like there's some continuity, but there's also, um, like they almost had to get those first songs out and then like that inspiration's right there. And there's, there's something, 
don't know. There's something really deep on this new record from what we've heard that I think that we're both really excited for our listeners yeah. and um, kind of the larger music community to listen to. Yeah, same here. Is there a particular song that uh, you'd like us to feature here? Well, we only have one out there on Natural Facts, and that feels so great. We can go ahead and we can play that. That's a great song. page i was listening to was leclerc yeah. yesterday and i thought wow these guys appreciate like deodato and early yeah. like 1970s stuff and like the cti yeah. label as much as i do totally like that was some um, like fender Rhodes like disco-y action almost like a little funkier than i guess some of the other stuff in the label i thought i was a very big fan of those guys super groovy have they, do they come to the States at all? And have you guys seen them live here? Uh, I've seen them. No, they haven't come yet, but we're, we're actually working on a second LP with them right now. Sweet. So that's going to be in the works. I think they would do, would do really great. Um, I mean, all my, my whole fish uh, crew, super into Le- Leclerc. <laughs> I got a lot of text messages. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it's 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 very different sound wise than say Garcia people's, but it's you know or it's music for heads by heads. So <laughs> you're right. gonna get something out of it that's that's really gonna you know 
to move you. Oh. I mean, I would say if there's if there's any close relation from a fish standpoint to to what they play, um, uh, immediately I would think of the Velvet Show from the Baker's Dozen. That second set that was very kind of groove oriented, very subdued, very ambient, but also kind of portions of the cross-eyed and painless that you got on jam filled night that just went into a very kind of heady sonic space that you felt like you were just kind of existing in. And, you know, for me, when I was reading about these guys, um, I spent a lot of time in college in Europe and spent a lot of time walking around European cities late at night and immediately like thinking about like winter walks uh, around London that you guys describe here, um, with, with regards to them, like I was immediately there, I was taken there immediately by these songs and, uh, just kind of locked me in. So, um, really, really, we, we would love to hear some new, uh, some new stuff from them as well. Yeah. The new stuff too is sounding very in that vein of, um, heady groove, you know, just like, uh, stretched out further than, uh, the first release than the polymood record mm-hmm. um you know taking some of that stuff and just like stretching and stretching so yeah i think you guys are going to be into that for sure is there anything off of the polymood record that you'd recommend us playing for our listeners oh i would say i would say coke mountain what would you say dom hmm. uh maybe cc la fam Yes. <laughs> There's so many that. good tunes on it. It's really hard. But if you want to do like a long burner, Coke Mountain. Well, as you as our listeners can tell, uh, there's uh, this is like one of those like full album packages. Like you throw it on and there's no I'm not skipping a track. I'm going right through it. So um, that's the kind of music we want to put out. We're not we're not a single, you know, let's get a single hit off an album. Yes. I mean, that's why, you know. The vinyl record club. Yeah. I mean, it's about the experience of totally. listening to an album all the way through. Absolutely.
another band that really struck me and, and reminded me of, of a band that I've loved over the last five or six years is, is Heaters. Um, there's such great guitar-driven melodies on that record, and it's like there's like a soft touch to it. Like it's kind of glossy, and it feels almost like um, some of the like mid '80s like um, uh, like like European music and like shoegaze that like we we featured on a few of our episodes. They really reminded me of the band Dive. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but their record mm-hmm. is the is R uh, yep. from 2016 really kind of struck a chord with me. Like I, I found like a unity here, but it, can you guys talk a little bit about them and um, you know, their, their most recent record suspended youth. I just, I've probably listened to 10 times in the last two weeks. Yeah. Let me, I, I can give you a little bit of background. Cause we've, we've been working with heaters since I don't know for four years now maybe five. Okay. Um, so we had initially, they had put out an EP on another label. Um, and then we caught wind of them and then we uh, right away put out a, um, a seven inch single, of just like this, uh, song mean green, which is just like the funnest garage rock tune you've ever heard, you know? And, um, so we were like all about that. And, you know, and at that time, and then we did, you know, three, we did four records since then. Um, but every record has been like major growth. You know, they've gone from being um, really great garage rock band uh, to uh, what you know and what you've heard on Suspended Youth, which is um, at this point is is my favorite of theirs you know it's just like really beautiful the guitar stuff is just uh you know next level um you know everything they did early on was very lo-fi and and self-recorded and now they're at this point where they're really making beautiful sonic perfection you know and and they're the coolest guys i mean there's super sweet guys an amazing live. Yes. I mean, that's definitely one thing we look for too. Yeah. I can definitely see a lot of these songs and, um, from like a guitar standpoint, like really translating in the live setting. Yeah. Oh, in that drumming. Yeah. Dude, Josh, Josh on drums is a monster. Cause if you go listen to those songs on the record, um, you know, some of it is like that really just like locked in kraut rock, motoric kind of stuff um and then when you see a human being is on stage doing it all <laughs> without a, without a drum machine or, or backing track or anything you're like oh holy shit that's just a guy yeah right <laughs> <laughs> almost yeah it's like parts of that record and the drumming kind of reminded of um the mid-2000s band secret machines oh yeah i almost forgot about them yeah, which is their first album is really fantastic. I think they kind of, I think they got a bit of a raw deal. Like the second record didn't do as well. I think one of the founding members like passed away in 2013. But they're um, quite good, and that first record stands to be like the memory people should go back and hear it.
the album Borderlands. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got what the one song the what was I guess the single the blood that controls yeah. the border that runs the border oh, yeah that runs the border. <laughs> oh okay that runs the border I got like the big Brian Jonestown massacre vibes sort of like a raga like raga rock and roll yeah yeah that's there yeah but I was very much into that song and how like that album alternates between um, like droney instrumental passages and then I guess more simple pop songs albeit slightly twisted psychedelic pop songs, I guess. It's like, it's, yeah, it's trance music. But, I mean, they're, they're definitely one of my top favorite uh, artists on the label and just really just incredible music that I love to just sit down and get into. Um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, they're definitely like one of those um headspace you know and they're a band that it's it's hard to um not listen to a full record you know um they're they kind of their music kind of begs it um to to sit down especially since you know the borderlands record the whole second side is one song um you know so right yeah yeah um yeah, and that just kind of, you know, you have to you have to let your mind kind of turn off and slow down to even get through that side, you know. And that's that can be a beautiful thing. I know in New York, um, if you're walking around with your headphones and you're getting pissed off at people walking slow or checking their phones on the staircase or whatever it might be, it's is something like that something like the mirrors is so good to put on and just be like i'm okay everything's fine slow down <laughs> don't get mad at everybody <laughs> you're like totally in your own world at that point no i mean i um i threw that on on sunday afternoon uh i put my son down for a nap and um you know, was going through the record and note from the underground came on mm-hmm. and it was one of those just kind of like stop in my track like holy shit what's you know because i'll have music on at all times i'm sure you guys are similar in this sense i'm doing laundry washing dishes cleaning up around the house getting stuff ready for work through the week and it's always that like song that like stops me from what i'm doing it's like okay you should probably just sit down and listen to this and understand what's happening here and uh i definitely got that i mean um what would you guys recommend in terms of like uh Obviously, we, we we play a lot of long music here, but uh, something that we could like quickly give give to our listeners from Borderlands that uh, that would that would work um, as kind of a sample, like the blood that runs the border. With that, yeah, play the one that's that you like. Yeah, that'd be good.
So probably my, I would say, favorite record that I found on your guys' label, um, pulling up right now, is uh, Kiki Pau. Uh, I believe it was Hissy, or is that the one? Is That's that the one track? Album. Got it. That's the whole album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is is Seeds the the uh, the, the the lengthy? Because there's there's two different releases. I want to make sure I get it right. Um, but the record Hissy. Um, so these guys are from Finland. I want to say this was their first record in five years. This like hit every nerve in my body Good. of what I want. It's like super organic, but like expansive and experimental. And it's a lot of sounds on it that I'm like, I have no idea what, what is making this sound so natural mm-hmm. and unnatural at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably listened to it three or four times in a row. Uh, when I put it on for the first time and I had it on at one point in the house and my wife was like, are there birds chirping outside? Um, <laughs> no, there's birds chirping inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know if you guys are, are similar in this sense, but ever since uh, Fish donned the the costume of Kesvot Voxed, um, I think that we here at Beyond the Pond have been on the search for anything Scandinavian that really <laughs> turns us in a lot of cases. Um, but talk a little bit about these guys. Cause I just, I find them fascinating and they're like on my list of, I, I have to see these guys live whenever they come back to the States. Yeah. So Kiki Pal, that was the second, their first record uh, Pines, which you should absolutely check out was, uh, or the second album we ever released. And absolutely. We actually had one of the record clubs and, um, there's some wonderful people and it did really well. They came to the States and they played one of the early desert days shows. I went on that little tour with them. They actually opened for dive speaking of dive. Um, Oh, interesting. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. uh, that's fitting as well. Yeah. And, um, and then it was, you know, they got married, some people had kids we were we were like thinking maybe the next year we'd have one. Um, so five years later, we got an email, or, or maybe even saw on Instagram, we're like, "Hey, we're recording." We're like, "Yes." <laughs> and we're like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> really? Five years, you know, and like we're you know forty albums later. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but you know, it's like when when you have somebody. I mean, that was right, like. Tom said it was the second album we ever put out. You know, we were like super green. Um, but that was that was one that really helped us uh, help set a pace for our label, too. And it was also something that me and Dom both were like, yeah, this is like very much what I'm about and very much about what I like to listen to. Um, and it, it was just like a definite like where did this come from why is this so magical (laughs) you know and when when this one and then it was just like you know five years later whatever take what take 10 years if you put out something this good you know i'm all about it yeah (laughs) to take whatever you want but you know then they dropped this on us and um absolutely just continued the the beauty um you know and a lot of these songs had longer versions okay um actually every one of these songs had longer versions (laughs) um but we had to 
find a way with them to make it into a cohesive whole. Um, and I think we came up with that together and um, it came out amazing. And yeah, the last track on their seeds um, is just full on, you know, you get the whole soup there. Yeah, you really do. You should listen to the Sarko long version. That that was what I was just pulled it up here on the app. The uh, the Sarko like eighteen minute version was. Oh man, I just would have had that my, be the yeah. whole first. Yeah, <laughs> first side of the record. No, that's more my like. I was like, we have to have it in full, but no. I mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's also you can see where they go and their live shows are are like that too you know they don't just play the song and um they do and then it goes somewhere else and it's just a really beautiful oh wait i just found this i'm looking at the Bandcamp page and somebody left a review and it says what a stunning and gorgeous album a very fluid cosmic journey with elements of gong popol view gilmore psych folk and motoric one of the best cosmish records i've heard in a long long time i can live in this album you know, that says it all. <laughs> I can live in this album is like the the way I felt. I was like, whatever space, like whatever universe only has this music playing and like this is just how you go about your day. Like I want to be there. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs>
So one last group to, to chat about. I know that we had exchanged email about this. Prana Crafter, um, or one last artist to go into. Tell us tell us about what he's doing. Um, let's see. Prana Crafter is um, a guy by the name of William Soul um, in the Pacific Northwest. And he had been he had been kind of toiling in the background making music for a few years, um, just recording his own stuff and, you know, doing his own guitar stuff and then adding synth to it and, you know, doing whatever he wanted to. And, um, and then at some point he started finding people that were interested in it. And, um, we were, we were one of those uh, a couple years ago, um, and we put out that, um, Bodhi Cheetah's choice, um, album on cassette and digital, uh, only about a year ago. Um, and it's one of the records that we've done, you know, that we haven't done on vinyl. It's probably the record that most people, that the most people have been like, when are you putting this on vinyl? <laughs> There's like, I need this record. Um, so we're hoping that that's going to happen um, down the road this year. Um, and he's also um, working on a split LP uh, with a guy uh, who go, goes by the moniker Tarot Plane, um, who also makes similar guitar and synth uh, type kind of crowdy music. Um, that is gorgeous. And, you know, we're pretty new to hearing his stuff um, since being introduced by, by William Soul. And um, we're really excited because, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those definite heady records that's, you know, a full side for each band uh, that is, you know, goes all the way out, you know. I love that. And yeah, I mean, William Soul's music uh, really strikes me as I used to live in the Pacific Northwest. I was in Portland for a few years and this is like the type of music that I could hear on like, it felt like any day of the week, there was someone who was crafting these like layered, very organic, very like homemade uh, tracks, but in really um, enticing ways. But like he does it in such a way that reminds me of the time I spent living there, but also like every time I throw on his record, I feel as though like there's something new happening in there that I have not yeah. heard before that I just, it, it's, it, it's totally, uh, um, I don't know. It's it, it it begs for repeated listens. Yeah, yeah, it is that kind of music for sure. Um, it kind of is. You just want to peel back the layers every time you hear it, and a lot of what we've talked about, and a lot of what you guys feature is uh, that kind of like earworm stuff that you have to listen to it like in a really intentional way. But like when you do, you're just constantly hearing more and more every time you go back, which. I'm sure for all of us is a lot of the reasons why we continue to go and see fish as well. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's like, I think we like the music that's for the long haul, totally. you know, instead of like, this will be good for a month and then I'll kind of wear it out.
Dom, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day here and talking with us. And um, we're super, super excited about the opportunity for us to, you know, introduce some of our listeners a little bit more to what's happened on the Beyond Beyond is Beyond label. Uh, we know that we've both have been transfixed here over the last couple of months by everything that's coming off of there. And um, we're just going to continue diving into it. And per the theme of what we were talking about about 20 minutes ago, if you like anything that you're hearing from us uh, in this episode, to all of our listeners, please go on to Bandcamp, search Beyond, Beyond is Beyond, and um, start downloading some of these artists' uh, uh, most recent releases and past releases. And go see live music and buy merchandise, please. Yeah, this kind of a label like this kind of gets to the heart is why we started uh, the Beyond the Pond podcast in the first place, because we think. Anybody who loves fish deeply enough to hear two guys talk about it for 45 minutes at a time will uh, will absolutely find something to like on this label. Right on. Thank you so much, guys. And and I've been really into the podcast the last couple of months myself. Oh, thank you, man. Um, so thank you. Absolutely. I was actually, I don't know who it was, but it was turned on at a fish show about your show. Huh. <laughs> and uh, who told me, and I've been texting my friends. I'm like, who told me about Beyond the Pond? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we've gotten to that point where we're not even promoting it at fish shows is uh, is a cool thing for us. So thank you guys. Many people were just like, it's another Beyond thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys must like, you guys like Beyond Burgers?